0: Hello and welcome to Minta Dialogue episode number 93. This interview is with Anupam Mital, serial entrepreneur from Mumbai, India, who has been recognized as one of the most influential people in India, as well as in North America, by numerous titles, including Business Week and Business Today. As chairman and MD of People Group, Anupam runs some really successful sites, most notably Shadi, the world's largest site, matchmaking site. People Group is all about what if and Anupam is all about exploring opportunities. In this show, we discuss his business and his mindset, some of the keys to his success. We look at the marketing strategies and generally explore the Indian market, a fascinating man on a great adventure. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Well, Anupam, tell us who you are, what you do, and how do you
1: describe your mindset? Sure, uh, sure, Minter. So, uh, yeah, well, these are deep questions, but let's see if we can answer to them. Who am I is a question I've been asking all my life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what do I do? Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, basically I'm a founder and CEO of something we call People Group. And it's something I started uh, many decades back. It's been uh, now, wow, it's been about uh, close to 20 years. Uh, For all practical purposes, though, it's only something I started focusing on post the dot-com bust in the U.S. about 2001, 2002 is when I really sort of put my hands into it and said, let's try to make something out of it. And essentially, uh, People Group is, uh, you know, um, you know the umbrella sort of uh, organization of three companies. One is called Shadi.com, which is shaab com, and that's along the lines of Match.com in the West, which most of them people are familiar with, except that Shadi is focused more on matchmaking uh, for life partners as opposed to dating. Uh, so I think that's a subtle difference, but it manifests into uh, things that are done very differently from what a dating site might. Yeah,
0: and it's specific uh, to India.
1: It's specific to India and the uh, you know South Asian sort of uh, belt of countries, uh, as you know. But the primary target remains India, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then we have something called Makan.com, which is a property marketplace. Uh, you know, the equivalence of, uh, com would be a Zillow in the U.S. Know it well. And, and yeah, and the, and the model is pretty similar really is to try to get property brokers and builders to pay our subscription advertising fees. And that's been going pretty well. And finally, we have something called Watch Mobile, which is a little different from the U.S. because we don't see examples of such business in the U.S. that much. It's, uh, it's primarily a applications content company that distributes, uh, You know, uh, premium content via subscription on, uh, you know, through advertising on on operator uh, portals and operator traffic. So there are a few such as them in the US, but uh, a lot of them have moved towards free. And I think the app stores are the ones that are really driving revenue in the US, which have become destinations. Whereas in, in India, we find that we are able to build businesses around attracting people through advertising and Google and other operator properties and getting people to subscribe for premium content such as gaming and, uh, you know, entertainment for children and so on. Cool. What about your mindset? (laughs) Yeah, right. The the, the fun part of the question. So I think for me, uh, you know, work has been more a philosophical journey. And uh, it's really about understanding and learning more about myself and to the extent that I'm having fun and doing stuff that, helps me grow. I'm, you know, something that uh, I continue doing. I don't really plan more than two, three years at a time. So, you know, if I could think about what I'd be doing five years from now, perhaps nothing of this. Uh, perhaps a lot more of this. I really don't know. Right now we're having fun, uh, enjoying ourselves. And I think the mindset really is to disrupt and try and create something out of nothing. So for example, we would probably never build an e-commerce store because for us, that's just something that a lot of other people are doing, and at most, we can do it a little more efficiently. For us, it's about creating things that don't exist, and I think that's the mindset that kind of tries to permeate throughout the organization as well. One of the questions that we try to ask, and if you go to our website, which is people-group.com, not very good. We have to redo it, but uh, one of the questions that we like to ask is, what if, right? So what if we could do this? What if... Things happen a certain way? What if people could find their life partners online? And those are the questions that excite us more than, you know, can we sell our products in a better way? That's so, beautiful. So that's kind of where we, we, we seem to be
0: called. Love it. All right, let's, um, so the, well, the way I got to know about you, Anupam, was through Shidee because it really struck me as a, an extraordinary example of a, a social internet site. And I, I say social, I want to be careful, because I know that you talk about it as a social media application. So talk us about Shaidi, and, and what, to what do you ascribe the success of Shaidi?
1: Uh So, you know, great question, Minter, you know, to, to really uh, – be able to do justice to that question, I think I have to give you a bit of a sense of the social sort of situation in India over the last few uh, years. So let me try to put that in a capsule, though. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your camera time. But uh, but let's, you know, if we just start out a long time ago, or if you look back a few decades, the way matchmaking happened in India was primarily through traditional sort of uh, middlemen or networks. So, you were born in a particular city. You grew up in that city, and you probably died in that city. There wasn't too much domestic migration. There was some international migration, but not not a whole lot. And families were very socially connected. So you had what you call pundits or priests who knew a certain network of families, and within that family, somebody would refer somebody, and that's kind of how matches were made. And um, fast forward to, you know, until about, let's say, five, seven years back, a lot of pressure started to... Cr- be created on that system, and I'll explain why. Uh, One is that uh, traditional family networks started to break down. The joint family system was starting to break down. Uh, Suddenly, 10 years back, we started to see a lot of national migration in this country, so people weren't anymore living and dying in the same city. Today, when I sit across the table with 10 people, uh, 8 out of 10 haven't grown up in this city, right? So, so that whole uh, system where you actually knew the person and therefore the priest could go find your match started to break down. The other thing that was starting to happen was there was a lot of Western influence. People wanted to exercise some choice in one of the most important life decisions, which didn't happen early. Earlier, somebody suggested a life partner, and you simply acquiesced to your parents' uh, you know uh, designs, and that was the end of that. But now people wanted to exercise some choice, and so that pressure was starting to build up. And uh, <laughs> and in a country where the obsession with marriage is so high, you know, right from the time people are children, parents talk about the children's uh, marriage, which to me is a bit perverse, frankly, but that's just the way it is. And the opposite side of the equation is that the opportunity to meet a life partner is so, so hard. And that's because of a couple of things that I just explained, which is the traditional networks breaking down, Western influences setting in. Dating is really looked down upon in this country. Everybody has good friends, but nobody really dates, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I certainly and do. So, and so what do you do, right? Workplace ratios are completely lopsided. You know, there's more men than women everywhere. Uh, so the traditional way that you would meet in the West, which is through college or through, uh, through work, is pretty much taken out of the equation. So a few years back, we kind of looked at this and we said, look, you know, there's, a, there's, there's really a big problem here, right? And, how uh, do we solve that problem? So the internet, right? And it's, it's perfect for taking away geographical and spatial limitations and creating a problem of plenty, really, right? So suddenly you go from having a very limited choice to having an unbelievable choice. And that of course poses its own problems, but that's the kind of problem that's good to have.
0: Yeah, server so
1: overload. <laughs> really, yeah, exactly. So that's, that really led to the formation, uh, of, of shadi.com. And, uh, and, and so today it's really, you know, a massive matchmaking uh, platform, uh, you know, which we are socializing as we go along, incorporating people's social profiles and so on for providing more uh, verification, more elements, more trust and so on. So so I think that's sort of the history and the gist. All right, so how many people
0: are coming on to Shadi? What's your sort of traffic these days?
1: So, you know, we've got about five odd million uniques in any given month. Uh, we sign up, uh, you know, about half a million new uh, users uh, per month, so that's pretty, uh, you know, so that's about six million new people every year, so mm-hmm. so that's pretty good uh, from, uh, if you look at it from the perspective that our users are not persistent, they fall off at some point well, or the other.
0: I mean, and if you're successful, they, yeah, that's the design,
1: exactly.
0: right? And- okay, so. So our our purpose
1: is to uh, to ensure that our users don't use us for too long. So we're working against ourselves to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, that's the funny yeah. part. The good news yeah. is you have quite an open market. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and what is so? What is the business model uh, in terms of uh, revenues?
1: Yeah. So it's pretty uh, actually straightforward, right? We don't do any advertising. So let me just uh, preface uh, that answer that, so that. And we've tried it at various times, but we found that because we are such a focused purpose side, advertising invariably gets in the way of that purpose. And uh, and so our model is one of subscription, and uh, it works as kind of a freemium model, if you will. So you're able to sign up for free, you're able to put up your profile for free, you're even able to express interest, what we call, uh, that's our sort of terminology, to convey to somebody that you like them for free. Uh, it's only when somebody accepts you. So, you know, boy likes girl, sends out an interest to girl, girl says yes I'm interested too, now you have a two way connection once you have a two way connection one of them has to pay to take it further so uh, otherwise it just remains a connection which you cannot do much for that. sounds like so,
0: uh, sounds like the question of who has to pay for dinner <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right Is it? Would, that would,
0: would you be so bold as to say um, that you're participating in women's emancipation
1: ooh That's a wonderful question. Uh, Wow. So let me look at this in a couple of different ways. Uh, Now, let me be the first to admit that I don't know if our business model per se is enabling women's emancipation uh, because that was never the design of it. That's not how we started out. Having said that, though, uh, does it at some level do that? Uh, I think it does. I haven't really given it that much thought. But as you, uh, as I think about it, it perhaps does because it enables choice for women. And I think to a certain extent, choice uh, sometimes leads to emancipation. Uh, and, and so to, to that extent, perhaps it does. But I think the second part of the answer, which, uh, which at some point will perhaps meet with the first part in the future, but a couple of years back, we started to work on something called Shadi Cares. What we realized, Minter, uh, was that uh, you know we have found ourselves smack in the middle of uh, not just a business, but a big social, socially relevant topic. Marriage is very, very socially relevant, and what we are doing is not simply a business, and it has to be bigger than that. And so we started to think about that and we said, look, uh, you know, as wonderful as the institution of marriage might be, and that's what's something that we're enabling, yeah. there are a lot of wrongs in marriage, especially in a country like India. And yeah. those wrongs could take the form of dowry. Those wrongs could take the form of child marriage. Those wrongs could take the form of domestic violence. Uh, some of these subjects are around women. Uh, some of them may not be. And so we started something called Shadi Cares. Uh, or shadi.org, which we don't have as a domain as yet, but we intend to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea there was to start working parallelly on trying to right every wrong in marriage. Uh, now, that's a lifetime's work, right? It's not something that we're going to be able to address anytime soon. But the first subject that we started off with was dowry, or anti-dowry. And we released a game two years back called Angry Brides, you know, very topical at that point because you had the game called Angry Birds. And so it really took off virally. We had over a million downloads across the world. Uh, the media loved what we were trying to do. And slowly and surely, we are now evolving that first initiative about creating awareness about dowry into an organization that's going to help address wrongs in marriage. Uh, so what we've now taken up is uh, a documentary film that we're actually co-producing called uh, Love Commandos. And this is an organization in India called Love Commandos, which sort of operates under the radar and, uh, and helps, uh, you know, people who might fall in love, uh, protects them from honor killings, if you know what that is. That's so there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of community based, uh, you know, uh, issues that can come up in India when, uh, there are marriages, especially in the more smaller rural areas, which are not in the same community. And these lead to honor killings. So this organization actually goes and protects these people, takes them away to another place, gets them married, helps them set up life uh, for them and we are trying to co-produce a documentary around that so uh so you know coming back to your question we did not directly set out to do anything about women's emancipation to be perfectly honest with you but as we find ourselves in the middle of what we do uh, we can't help but get involved in these uh sort of activities
0: that's that's fantastic great to hear um so are, are you don't do any marketing uh well it's advertising per se on shadi can you talk us through what are the kinds of things you do to drive the business? So, uh, what are the levers you use? And maybe because you know, so well, the, the Western uh, world, you know, you, I know you were BC and, and, uh, lived and worked in the States. What kinds of things do you do have to do differently in India to drive the business?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a great question, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I haven't really thought about it very long about what you have to do differently. But as we speak, you know, a few things come to mind uh, from a customer acquisition standpoint. I don't really think it's that different. So you use the same sort of means. Right. So if I look at. So let's first start boiling down to the three, four different drivers of the business. Uh, one is customer acquisition. Uh, one is customer uh, engagement. Uh, so, uh, so you could look at that as acquisition. You could look as, at that customer uh, uh, engagement as activity, and uh, you could look at payments as activation, right? So the three A's, you know, uh, and uh, you know, let's look at it from that perspective, right? The, the fourth A, which is advertising, we've already taken out of the equation. So we've only sort of got these three A's, uh, you know, just for conversation's sake, as business drivers. So I think when it comes to acquisition. It's not that different uh, than it is in the West. So you use the same mediums. Google is a big one. You know, it's 50, 60% of our spend. Social media is becoming very important in the recent, in the last six months, I'd say. Perhaps we're a year behind the West, but uh, follow similar patterns. Uh, You know, affiliate networks, of course, and word of mouth and brand building are also very, very important. Oh, there is one slight difference, I'd say. Uh, on, on the acquisition front, which is a little different from the West, brand building in India actually is a lot more important than in the West. Uh, in the West, uh, the cultural, uh, the culture, uh, culturally, people are more aligned to sit up and figure out things for themselves in terms of what works best and what doesn't. Uh, so, uh, the classic example that I give is I'm exaggerate a little bit, but in the West. Uh, if somebody had to buy a car, they'd probably build a spreadsheet and you know, put in all kinds of data for three months before they arrive at a decision of what kind of car to buy. In India, you'd pick up the phone and call three friends, right? And therefore, top-of-mind awareness becomes very important. And so we spend a considerable amount on building a brand that can be trusted, especially in the category that we are in, which is matchmaking, really, and define everything that was sort of done culturally in this country for so long uh, I think it's important for us to uh you know create a brand that people can trust Well, it's it, it, so, just so it just sounds like that
0: social media play would play a, a stronger role if if it's really about you know your friends advice as opposed to doing it on your own
1: Uh yeah I think social media does play a very important role but uh, uh you know we are a relatively young social media country so most people on social media today have been there only for the last 12 to 18 months. So they're still figuring their way around. Uh, the generation before us is frankly not on social media. Very little of it is on social media. So we've got different segments that we need to influence at shali.com. So social media does a, does a certain, plays a certain role for us and it's getting bigger, uh, with every passing month. But television advertising still forms the crux of brand building in this country. And I think it will for some time. Mm-hmm. It's also the cheapest form of advertising from a poor person reached uh, perspective if you just sort of look at those metrics. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, it's, some, it's an area that we continue to invest in and will as we, as we move forward. And so, in, sorry.
0: sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go. I was talking, then, so you got acquisition and in terms of activity, what are the kinds of things you have to do to, to improve engagement?
1: uh and so so yeah i think that's an area an activation which is people actually paying that there are two big differences from the west uh engagement uh is you know uh, uh how should i say i think people are clearer in the west uh when they go to let's say match.com or a dating site uh there are not as many fence-sitters once they've gone to the side. Sure, the side has to perform a certain role and provide you uh, with what you're looking for and, and do it very intuitively and quickly so they can keep you. But in India, there's a lot more fence-sitters. And the reason uh, is a couple of them. One is, as I said earlier, we're relatively new on the Internet uh, and social media and using platforms such as these. So people are not really sure what to expect or even how to navigate through to a site. So we have to try to make it as simple as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. We have to try to deliver gratification as quickly as we possibly can. And we have to try to keep creating reasons for people to keep coming back. So I think algorithms start to play a very important role in terms of showing you the right matches. Uh, you know, very simple, basic tutorials in terms of how to navigate the site. Uh, very frequent communication starts to play a very important role in terms of trying to get people back. So I think that's how, that's kind of how we have to think a little differently and cater really to the lowest common denominator when it comes to engaging people
0: in India. And I can imagine that being all the more important in a an environment which is, you know, quote-unquote sensitive, as in, you know, finding a life partner, because, you know, you're nervous that people are going to spy on you, what if people find the cookies and all this kind of stuff that might go, especially for the people who understand the internet, be worried, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, I think you're, you're right. I mean, there is a certain sensitivity but I don't think that sensitivity has really to do much around cookies and what technology can do. I think it has to do more. Let's say, for example, right, so we have people listing themselves, but we also have parents and siblings listing their children or their sisters or brothers to get married. Now, their concern is that what if my neighbor sees uh, my, my daughter's profile on the side? I don't want my neighbor knowing that, you know, I've, I'm sort of looking uh, for for, yeah. somebody, for my daughter because they might assume I'm desperate. Right. Uh, and that's not just on the Internet. Even offline, when people try to find a match for their daughter or son, they don't really want the community to know they're doing that. Everybody wants to give the perception that people are uh, approaching them and they're the ones who are choosing as opposed to them sort of uh, chasing. So, so I think that's, that's a particular sensitive area. And so we have to provide privacy tools and options and provide uh, ability to be able to do things uh, in a very private manner if people so choose to do so. So just, uh, just a question, Anupam. With, in
0: your in the matchmaking, to what extent are parents involved? Do you have a version that allows for parents to do it on the site, or is it a parentless <laughs> environment?
1: No, so there are parents on the site as well. So, uh, so you know, about 30% of people who use the site in India, or about 35% actually, are parents and siblings, right, uh, which is the family of the person in question. And uh, – and, uh, you know, they – we don't have a separate version for them uh, in terms of the product. But what we do have is, uh, is the ability for people to say, look, as I sign up, I may not want to – you know, I don't want parents to be able to get in touch with me. I want to talk only directly to other people who are looking for themselves. So basically, you try to segment the communities based on what people are looking for. Hmm. And uh, in oh. the final, final element of
0: what we're talking about is, is conversion – or, you know activation are there any what are the what are the key success in getting people to turn on I mean is it just because you got, you got in front of you the, the, the you know the princess you want to marry or
1: yeah, yeah well ultimately you know this venture better than uh, uh, better than uh, uh, most that the key for the internet for consumer internet to succeed at the end of the day you have to be able to provide value uh, which is what's going to make users uh, pay. The challenge that we see in, in India is even after you provide a lot of value, there is there is you know penetration of payment options is is limited. So credit cards, as you know, of course, debit cards are now pretty prevalent, but uh, credit cards are not that prevalent. <clears throat> Success rate of payment gateways is only about seventy percent, so you end up losing a third of your transaction. And people change their mind. They might want to buy the product today, uh, you know, and tomorrow they might choose not to. So obviously there's a certain amount of impulse transactions as well, which are the most at risk when you have weak payment uh, mechanisms and payment conversion rates. Mm -hmm. So I think from that sense, what we do differently is uh, we actually have a telesales team that, uh, you know, is able to look at data and say that, look, these people are struggling with paying. All these people attempted to pay, and they were not able to. And so we actually place outbound calls to these people and help them through the transaction. Sometimes, or many times, if they don't have a credit card, we can actually, we are able to send somebody to their home to pick up the payment. Wow! And we're able to do that across the country. Uh, many places, we do it through our own network. and some places, we do a reverse logistics through one of the logistics firms. So that's
0: a very sophisticated retargeting.
1: Um, yeah, I guess you
0: could say that. Uh, and I'm sure there's a little bit of discretion when the uh, pay, the person with the uh, to, to collect the payment comes in. They don't have a big shoddy uh, t-shirt coming no, in. No. You're absolutely
1: right. Don't. So, uh, so yeah. What about So the, you got to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. What about so the mobile phone? Because uh, obviously m- mobile is is getting heavily penetrated into India, but we're still more probably on the feature phone as opposed to the smartphone. And so, how do you? How,
1: how do you work I, on that? I think some. I think some of that is just hype, mentor. I mean, if you look at the smartphone activations uh, per month, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's it's like it's it's close to a couple of million, right? In terms of smartphone activations down in this country. So you know, the feature phone part versus smartphones. I think that's a dying argument. Two years from now, it's not even going to matter. Right? I mean, that's just a legacy system that you have of people who are not that economic well-off using feature phones from maybe two, three years back. And because, you know, the primary purpose they feel is just talking, they don't feel the need to change their phone. I mean, that's not even a target that we actually go after for us. Uh, you know, our primary target market is the three, four 400 million odd people really at the top and mid-tier of the economy. And, you know, I'd say that uh, when it comes to smartphone penetration in that segment, you know, if it's, I'd be surprised if it's not close to fifty well, percent. And cool. the next, two, in the next two years, I'd be surprised if it's not seventy, eighty percent. Especially with you know, Nokia announcing the new smartphones, uh, you know, a bunch of companies coming out now with sub hundred dollars smartphones, and I think that's only a matter of time. All right. So sw- I not- <clears throat> <throat> That's so. Cool. In fact, Minter, we don't actually develop uh, for feature phones at all. Uh, we think it's waste of effort. <laughs> And so uh, our, ef- our efforts are around Android and iPhone, and that's really it. Uh, you know, as, as a company, as in the digital space, you have to stay focused and channelize your energies. Otherwise, you could end up, you know, fragmenting your efforts too much. And, uh, and we figure that, you know, our real value comes from iPhone and Android. Having said that, uh, what we are seeing on these two platforms is just remarkable. So uh, a year back, about 12% of all our interactions were mobile. Today, it's 35%. So in 12 months, 35% of all our interactions are now mobile. In the next 12 months, I expect this will cross 50%, and that's going to be a pretty interesting interaction point. And uh, so your mobile interface, is it, is it responsive
0: or is it a specific app? How do you deal with the, um, the mobile traffic?
1: Yeah, so when you have as intensive uh, apps like ours or uh, you know, uh, intensive usage as ours, I think responsive uh, design doesn't really work well. I think responsive design is good for content sites, for email, and so on. <clears throat> it's not really the best uh, uh, way to go for for you know apps such as ours. So we actually built, uh, what we've been doing until now is building hybrid apps, which are HTML and native. Uh, we are now moving more towards native apps because uh, the... Uh, you know, uh, core functionality that you can leverage with native apps is a lot more powerful than what you can do with hybrid or HTML apps. And users' expectations of uh, what apps should feel like, look like, and how they should work has really <clears throat> been increasing uh, uh, progressively. And to address that expectation, we think going completely native is the only way to do it. So, and of course... 20% will continue to be HTML for certain reasons, yeah. but uh, a lot of it will be native. Do, do you have any
0: breakdown as to what's how the Android world is versus iOS is in, uh, in yeah. that?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, so in terms of, uh, you know, and this is not, uh, Mike, let me try to share some, it's not on top of my mind, so some of it could be off, but in terms of usage, <clears throat> I think it's only about 10-15% of mobile usage uh, that is iOS uh, versus Android. Mm -hmm. However, what's very interesting is iPhone users are three times as engaged as Android users. Um, iPad users are twice as engaged as iPhone users. Hmm. So so that's very, very interesting. Place. So I
0: see a new business for Shadi, selling iPads. <laughs> <laughs> selling iPads for the
1: built-in matchmaking application.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: single-purpose iPad.
0: Love it. iShadi. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, I want to switch just a little bit because um, I, I know the folks at Zillow, and uh, I'd just like to talk a little bit about Macan. Um, yeah. In, in, in many worlds, The uh, property business is a fairly obscure – I I don't want to say seedy, but uh, definitely not an easy place to be, especially if you're a buyer. There's very little transparency on pricing, availability, what the commission rates are. Is it the same kind of situation in India?
1: Well, I think think, uh, India – there are certain challenges, but they may not be exactly the same. Some are similar, some are different. Let me let me try to explain. I think when it comes to commission rates and so on, I think that's pretty standard in India. It doesn't go up to five, 6% like it does in the West. I think our commission rates here stay closer to one to one and a half to 2% tops. Uh, and, and more likely it's 1% and that's pretty well understood across the country. So there's less of a challenge there. <laughs> I think the challenge in India, which is a little different from the West is uh, or from Zillow, is the quality of content. So we still have you know clients, property market, property brokers, and so on try to game the system by putting duplicate listings by misusing the system to a large extent. I think some of it has to do with maturity, and some of it just has to do with cultural issues that we have in India, which is you know you've often heard the word jagad and people are always finding novel ways around, you know, beating the system. So I think that continues to be there. And because of that, uh, the the quality of content uh, is probably not as high as one would like. Um, You know, people are not as deliberate about using the platform, so that's the other issue. And that, again, comes from a bit of a cultural fatalistic sort of, uh, you know, mindset that people have. Uh, In the West, I find people are a lot more deliberate when it comes to these platforms to get the best out of them. So, while people understand here, you know, for example, that putting photos will get you three times the response, they'd still sort of be, there'd be a lot of inertia about putting the photos, not for any particular reason, but just because. Uh, so, so, I think that's the second challenge. And the third challenge, I think, in India is, uh, you know, in the West, people are very happy to put convenience uh, over money. Uh, to a certain extent, to a certain degree, of course. So I lived in the U.S. for a long time, and I was only too happy for somebody to take $19 per month from my account, uh, you know, because I didn't have to bother about it. I didn't have to look at a bill. And to the extent that I knew how much that money was and the value that I was getting for it, I was like, yeah, sure, take it out of my account, and it just saves me a lot of hassle. I think culturally the U.S. is very aligned like that. In India, nobody wants to give access to their account. Nobody wants... Even if it's completely predictable and completely trusting in terms of how much money will come out of your account and what you're going to get out of it, people do not like, uh, the fact that somebody can dip into their account and, uh, and take money out. And that's probably the reason you see that, uh, you know, 98% of our telecom connection is prepaid and not postpaid, right? So that creates a challenge because one has to constantly go back to the client and try to renew the subscription. Which they don't do automatically. So I think there are some uh, idiosyncratic challenges in India that that one has to address by coming up with Indian
0: solutions. Wow, I can just imagine how much of a challenge it is for subscription businesses. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So when when you look at Makan, um, maybe as well as Shadi, are you doing what are the things that's driving that? Are you using television ads? Is that, you were saying that was the cheapest way to get eyeballs? Is that something yeah. that helps drive your notoriety? Because that's more of a business you've had to create. So, I mean, Shadi's got a little longer time on the market, as yeah. I understand it.
1: Yeah, so, you know, great, uh, you know, great, uh, you know good, good, good question, bringing back the learning from Shadi in terms of television. are we doing that with Makan. Now, I think, you know, uh, <laughs> we think television advertising can be very, very important. Uh, in India, a brand building can be very important. But it has to be seen in the right context. It has to be seen in the stage at which the company is at. Uh, You know, somebody once said that uh, uh, the best way uh, to kill a bad product is good advertising. And uh, and so so the point that I'm trying to make is advertising as a curve should always, almost always follow product engagement or user engagement, right? And should never pre sort of uh you, you don't want the product user engagement curve following the advertising curve, uh because that definitely is a sort of the death knell. And we think, you know, the property market uh in India is still very early, the digital property space. It's a small market right now, it's growing very rapidly. And we think that user engagement is where the focus needs to be for the next twelve to eighteen months. Today we are very proud, I mean if you look at our traffic at Makan and compare it to uh to Our competition in India, we are, you know, 20% of the leader in terms of traffic. But if you look at our engagement, it's at, it's top of the charts, right? And that's the focus that one needs to maintain. It's very easy to get carried away when everybody's advertising and trying to get traffic and say, look, we need to do that as well. But I think that's where, uh, that's what separates ultimately the winners is to keep that disciplined focus on the right things at the right time. Uh, we certainly think advertising is going to play a very important role for Makan. Uh, we just don't think it's the right time right now. I think we're twelve months away.
0: So Shadi, of course, is now. I mean, everybody knows about it. But with Makan, have you sort of started by, you know, the big cities? How, how do you roll it out?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of what we've done. Uh, so, so you know. I think discipline and in internet business is very important. It's the easiest thing to get traffic. I could do an ad campaign tomorrow and get hundreds of thousands of users to come to the site. But what you'd see is engagement on an aggregate basis would immediately drop. Yeah. The key thing is when you advertise, your engagement should not drop. And that's what we are, the stage that we're at Shadi today. <clears throat> we can spend as much as we want on Shadi on advertising and we actually don't see your engagement go down at all. So... Uh the reason I'm answering that question again is because you asked me about the cities that, uh, that you know, how do we roll it out? Uh, so besides having the discipline about how to advertise, the other discipline that one needs to maintain is unit economics uh, in any digital business, especially one which has uh, cost of customer acquisition versus sales. And so what we find is the unit economics for having a field sales force only works best in the top five or six cities in this country. Beyond that, you're acquiring customers, but it's coming at a huge cost and you're not really sure how it's going to play out in the future. What do we use is tele-sales as a, as a very strong, uh, uh, I guess, uh, enabler to get people on board who are beyond these top five cities. And that's working very well for us. That's given us central, you know, control, uh, ability to acquire customers at very low costs and then monetize them as we go along.
0: That's fascinating. I just love that idea of tracking advertising acquisition per se with engagement. And I think that, that's a, an extraordinary, that's a really crystal clear learning that I, I've, I've taken away from you, Anupam. Right, I know time is of the essence, so I need to ask you a couple last questions. The yeah, first is, um, you know, and, and since you're in the land of gurus, <laughs> who, who is your role model for the business and your life?
1: So, you know, uh, let me start by first saying, Mind, as I started out saying, I don't really see my life and my business as two separate things. Uh, for me, business has been about life. Uh, it's been about learning and evolving. And the day it stops being that, I don't think I'll be in business. Uh, so uh, my role models and gurus really are people, different people at different times, Perhaps teach me uh, about things I need to know at that particular time, or, or people I can look up to and, and aspire or be inspired for that particular context. So at different times it's been different people. So for example, for the longest period, uh, my dad used to be my role model. Right? He's he he started out, uh, you know, his his when he started out, his salary was two dollars a month. Uh, you know, and he, he was a struggling salesman, and he went on to build an industry, and, and so uh, just the fact that somebody could do that was enough of a role model or inspirational enough for me, and so for the longest time, he was my role model. Of course, when we started thinking about disruption and how to go and create things right from scratch that did not exist, who else but Steve Jobs was an incredible role model, right? I mean, um, you know, I often say, you know, Microsoft disrupted personal computing, and uh, Facebook disrupted, uh, you know, uh, social connections, and Apple disrupted everything. Right.
0: Right. So <laughs> they so, disrupted life.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're the epitome of disruption. Yeah. So when you think about disruption, who else but Steve Jobs? Right. Um, these days, uh, you know, my I wouldn't say my role model, but my inspiration is uh, is is a spiritual guru who has given enabled me to find a lot of peace within. And I think as uh, when you're very young, uh, you know, it's okay to get up every morning uh, wanting to fight and conquer the world and, you know, being abrasive and building an internet company. But as you start to grow a little older, you realize that you can only carry that burden for so long. And you have to find deeper meaning within your work to be able to wake up every day and come and perform at the optimal level so I take inspiration from a gentleman called Sadhguru these days, who's uh, part of the Isha Foundation in Coimbatore, and uh, somebody who's uh, <clears throat> given me a lot more meaning that I can derive from my work, and that's what keeps me going.
0: Solid words. So Anupam, thanks a lot for joining me. i got a, one last question, Peach. Is how, can, uh, how can anyone track you down or follow you uh, if they're interested in, in knowing a little bit more about you and what you do?
1: Yeah, so I think Twitter is probably the perfect platform for that. And it's at Anupam Mittal. It's A-N-U-P-A-M and M-I-T-T-A-L. So at Anupam Mittal is the easiest way to be in touch. I'm pretty regular at least once a day. And, uh, you know, I'm usually good at getting back. So so that's probably the best way.
0: Well, it's been a pleasure listening to you, Anupam. I think there's some uh, super interesting things for me to learn personally. You know, like every day we need to learn something. And it's it's really a thrill to have you had you on the show.
1: No, I, I mirror those sentiments, uh, Minter, because, uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, an interview, especially an interview which poses a lot of challenging questions, almost always leaves me better off. I come out learning a lot more answering questions that I may not have thought of, and it's very insightful. So thanks for that. And when are we having you in Bombay again?
0: I can't wait to come back. I can tell you my wife... My children were completely seduced by their experience in Mumbai, so we oh, f- will find a reason and I will come.
1: <laughs> yeah, and when you do this, time, we'll do dinner at my place for sure.
0: That sounds great. Andy Palm, thanks a lot for being on the show.
1: Thanks, Benjamin. Loved it. Thanks
0: for having this to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.